What's up, everybody? Brandon Lewis here. Man, have we got some news to cover. Some of it, we're going to have to retread the tire a little bit, and that's okay because things move. Watch me get this adjusted. Things move slowly. I think I can do this without ruining everything. There we are. <laughs> things move slowly in the Tennessee legislature with a lot of bills, and sometimes we have to cover these things as they move through the legislature. And in many ways, um, we are probably the only news publication in the state of Tennessee that covers these bills to the degree that we do. And specifically, we are the only conservative news source uh, that you can get news like this from. And uh, people don't like it up in the General Assembly uh, that we bring the news to conservatives all over Tennessee's three grand divisions so that you can know if your candidates are living up to their values or not. Brandon Lewis here with the big uh, 7 Ten Con update. Uh, we're here every Friday at 12 p.m. Uh, so you can always tune in here. We try to bring you the news consistently. As I go through these stories, Jason will post those puppies uh, in the comments section. Hopefully I didn't start too late to have him. I see that people are coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, share this in your news feeds as it's running live. Share it in groups as it's running live. Maybe we can get a few more conservatives uh, to know what's going out there and uh, hear the truth. You know, we reach tens of thousands of people with the Tennessee Conservative every month. Sometimes we reach over a million with our content, thanks to people like you who share. So please do share this in all the conservative groups so people can know what's really going on in Nashville. And give me your thoughts in the comments section. I go back usually about a day later and I go through there and I read all the comments because I like to know what you think and uh, tell me where you're listening from. Uh, makes me happy. I'm, I'm going to try not to be <clears throat> as uh, emotionally entangled with all of this as I was last uh, last week. And I think sometimes these, these rhinos, to be honest, uh, they just beat me into submission. And uh, maybe that's, that's what I'm going or maybe I feel the peace of Easter Sunday uh, washing upon me. It is Good Friday. Happy Good Friday to you. I, I love going to Easter service. Uh, and you know what? Uh, I'll tell you a little story before we get into the news stories. And we've got seven big stories for you. If it weren't for um, tyrants in state and local government, uh, if it weren't for them shutting down my church on Easter Sunday, and if it weren't for people like Bill Lee uh, telling us that we were selfish for wanting to go and worship our Lord and Savior in person, there would not be a Tennessee conservative. I, I don't think if they uh, if they had left my gym and my church open, there wouldn't be a Tennessee conservative. So whenever you hear rhinos complain about our news publication, just tell them you shouldn't have shut down Mr. Lewis's church or gym, and there wouldn't be one. So uh, it's really all your fault. So we're going to get into all these stories uh, about what's going on up in Nashville. So I'm going to start off with this. This has been a rather controversial bill. Um, and in my opinion, this bill is far more about protecting incumbents than it is about really rooting out corruption. And uh, one of my good friends, John Harris at the Tennessee Firearms Association, who's also an attorney, did a detailed write-up of all the confusion uh, and the chaos that this bill may be causing and a lot of the ambiguity uh, that it's going to put out there. And I agree with parts of it, uh, but it seems to be far more about um, protecting incumbents and uh, protecting uh, their record 
of not living their campaign promises as conservatives than it does uh, about rooting out corruption. And I'll tell you what would really root out corruption as we get through this story. First story, Tennessee bill that would require nonprofit groups to report expenditure 60 days prior to election passed the Senate. An amended version of the caption bill that would seek to have 501c4 nonprofit groups report expenditures of $5,000 or more made 60 days prior to an election has been passed by the Tennessee Senate with a 26 to 2 vote in favor. Now, the thing that bothered me about this bill primarily is that it, it, you couldn't show the face and you couldn't mention the name of an elected official. That's the triggering event. That's what gets you in trouble. And, and, and it's fraught with all kind of concerns and worries that John Harris pointed out uh, in some of the, uh, the notes that he sent me. And here are a few of them. Like if you've got something up on your website 60 days after the election and it costs you more than $5,000 to run your website, send out your newsletter, do whatever you do as a conservative nonprofit group, it really just opens the door to all this ambiguity. And it's very confusing as you go through the bill. We'll continue on here. The Republican sponsor of the legislation uh, touts that the bill seeks to increase transparency for voters in Tennessee. However, many conservatives have, have raised concerns that this bill is meant to be about transparency. It is odd that the amendments that made the bill only have now been available to the public uh, on the General Assembly website, that the amendments were sneaked into an obscure caption bill, and that the votes have been taken in committees were done by voice vote, meaning the public has no way to know how each of the legislators voted on the legislation until the final votes are taken on the House and Senate floors. Transparency. Think about this with me. In a bill that is supposed to support transparency, it's so important that we have transparency that the taxpayers and the voters couldn't see the bill before it was voted on, except what got leaked to us. Amazing that a bill about transparency would not be posted so the public could see it. Here's something odd about transparency also. That a bill about transparency would be voted on without a roll call vote. Seems to be a big conflict. Senator Farrell Hale, who is not very conservative, generally speaking, actually not generally speaking, not very conservative, and that's what one thing that worries me. When I see somebody who has a, a liberal voting record as a Republican introducing legislation, I'm always going to be like, it, it depends on who, the, when people sponsor legislation, often I just look at who's sponsoring it. And, and that often, it's kind of like if you see Democrats and Republicans voting together, that always kind of raises my suspicions. And so Senator Farrell Hale, who's not very conservative, uh, was the co-sponsor, presented the bill yesterday on the Senate floor stating that uh, a new amendment had been added to address concerns about the implications for 501c4 nonprofits. However, the new amendment expanded the rule to include not just 501c4s, but C5s and C6s. It also removed the language that stated that they would be deemed to be a political campaign uh, committee for purposes of reporting the expenditures. This thing is very confusing. I've read the thing. It's like Chinese. Back to the story. The rest of the amendment stayed the same, stating that 501c's must file an appointment of treasurer uh, from the legislature uh, organization spends a total of at least $5,000 in communication that expressly contain the name or visually depict the likeness of a state or local candidate in a primary or general election. And such expenditures or communications occur within 60 days preceding a primary or general election in which the named uh, or visually depicted candidates are on the ballot. The amended bill. Now, there's all kinds of other things in here. There's fines in here. There was also some language about 
how members of the General Assembly couldn't take consulting gigs and have side businesses and all kinds of stuff. And that's mainly because a lot of these Republican lawmakers uh, that were in leadership um, decided that they would try to peddle their influence and make their money uh, up there. And, and instead of just making their money back home and going up there and voting, so many of these people try to make their money by peddling influence. And the next step is the House version of the bill, HB 1201, is to be heard in the Finance Ways Com Subcommittee on Tuesday, the 19th, April the 19th. You can find the contact information for Republican members of the subcommittee in the article on our website. Now here, if they really wanted to do something about transparency up in Nashville, let me tell you a few things they could do. The first thing they could do is get rid of taxpayer-funded lobbyists. Why in the world do we have the government lobbying against the interests of taxpayers. Ronnie says the bill is intentionally confusing. Amen. Thank you for tuning in, Ronnie. Um, so there's the, if they wanted to get, get some good transparency, why do we have the government lobbying against the interests of taxpayers continually and constantly up in Nashville? There's a good place to start. We know that special interest group spend almost a half a million dollars Half a million dollars every single session lobbying, feeding, plying lawmakers with drinks, and that didn't even count the PAC money. If you really want to have transparency and if you really want to have accountability in government, one of the best ways to do it will be to limit the amount of PAC money that people can get from outside of their districts. That'd keep a lot of lawmakers honest. I bet you won't see that passed. I bet you won't see any PAC money reforms coming out of there. Because that's where the majority of these people in leadership, special interests, rule Nashville. Corporate interests rule the Republican Party in the state of Tennessee. That's the truth, as I see it. Next bill, social media common carrier bill heads to Senate committee. Tennessee legislation that would stymie social media platform censorship of Tennessee elections. This is actually about the only good bill that I've been following that's going to make its way into law, which I'm very excited about. Tennessee legislation that would stymie social media platform censorship of the Tennessee elections and citizens was recently placed behind the budget and House uh, subcommittee, but has begun movement again in the Senate side now and will be heard on April 19th, 2022 in the Finance, Ways and Means Committee. Senate Bill 2161, sponsored by Senator Bo Watson. Thank you, Bo. And uh, House Bill 2369, sponsored by Representative Dennis Powers. That guy has been fighting a lot of fights. Dennis Powers, Shout out to Dennis Powers. He's been fighting illegal immigration uh, reform, which got shot down. We've only got a handful of conservatives up there. Dennis Powers is one of them. Seek to de designate social media platforms as common carriers and require the entities to obtain certificates of public convenience and necessity from the Tennessee Public Utility Commission. I'm going to use acronyms going forward. The bill also establishes that social media platforms may not intentionally deplatform or shadow ban a user of the platform based on various factors and authorizes the utility board to investigate suspected violations and conduct contested case hearings. Amen. Move to previous. This says this bill is nothing uh, more than the politicians trying to separa uh, separate the legislative season from the election season. Charles Cook. How very observant, Mr. Cook. The bill is nothing more, this is the previous thing we were talking about, it's nothing more than the politicians trying to separate the legislative season from the election season. Amen and amen. we got a smart one right here. 
Back to this story. If you support the bill, contact the Republican members of the Senate Finance Ways Means Committee prior to the meeting on April 19th. And Jason just posted that puppy right in the notes section. And now here's the thing. If you listen to this on podcasts, if you go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com uh, and you can click, there's, there's a little ad on the right hand side. Uh, we recently, by the way, on our website, got rid of all our ads that are paid like Google ads because it was cluttering up the site because frankly, it, it wasn't generating much revenue and it cluttered the site up so much that I, I just took them off of there. So you'll see one ad on the right hand side that has the podcast. You can go anywhere you get podcasts, go to Tennessee Conservative uh, and get the podcast. Uh, but if you're listening to this, uh, you can look in the show notes and you can see where all of these all of these stories are linked. If you look below where we're doing this on Facebook now and other social media platforms, we post those in the show notes. So if you ever want to read more about these stories, if you ever want to uh, contact these committee members, it's all right there. Now, let me tell you an interesting fact. I'm going to give you a percentage. You ready? 3.4%. What do you think that is? What do you think that number is? 3.4%. Let me tell you what 3.4% is. I had Jennifer today uh, go into our database um, of tens of thousands of subscribers and to find out how many of the people that subscribe to our publication donate. And it is 3.4%. So I'm going to issue a challenge until I reach this number. And this is called the 5% pay what you think it's worth challenge. Okay. I'm trying to get our subscriber base to where at least 5% are pulling the weight for the other 95%. That's a little bit better than 3.4% pulling the weight for the other 97 or 90, I guess that'd be 92 point something percent. I'm not very good at math. I was educated in Alabama. I apologize. But this is the 5% pay what you think it's worth challenge. If you've not donated to the Tennessee Conservative, I want you to go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support and simply make a donation of any amount of what you think our service is worth to the to the conservative cause in Tennessee. I'm trying to get to 5%. So we got a whole lot of folks that really don't don't participate financially and help us. So I'm, I'm issuing a 5% challenge and every time I do one of these shows, I'm going to tell you what percentage we're up to. So if you want to help me reach that 5% goal of of subscribers donating, these are just email subscribers. This doesn't even count the folks on social media. Uh, go there to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support, and uh, Jason just posted that in the uh, comments section. And if you give any amount, if you think it were worth five bucks, give five bucks. If you think we're worth a hundred, give a hundred. If you think having a conservative news outlet that tells you the truth is worth a thousand dollars, by golly, you can do it right there. I'll take it. I'll put it in the bank. And next month, I won't have to put as much of my money into this puppy because you will have helped me. And that would help me and my family a lot, especially as we build this house in Biden's inflationary economy. So when you give, you get this Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker. You also get this Proud Tennessee Conservative bumper sticker. And we will send you a Don't California My Tennessee uh, mug if you give a $10 recurring donation or better or $50. bucks. we will mail this puppy to you. And if you put uh, this sham of an ethics reform in here and closed it up and prayed over it, especially because it's a holy weekend, this is Good Friday and prayed over it, we would no longer have taxpayer funding lobbyists. Uh, we would limit the PAC contributions that constantly fuel the corporate corruption in the Republican Party and uh, because this thing has magical properties. And uh, I don't think that uh, bad, I don't think that um, that evil would pass over your house 
uh, if, if you put this on your mantle, like the blood of Christ, it does not have that much magical property, but uh, it, it might turn a dime into a dollar. I'm not sure. Uh, we've not tried everything with this, but we've had a few magical experiments. And no matter what you give, we'll send you this directory, which we will update after the election, of all of your state and local elected officials uh, in the General Assembly. Back to the story. Please do try to help me reach that 5% goal. And now a lot of you listen to the podcast. We've got a few thousand people that listen to the podcast every week. You're going to hear this. This is my challenge to you personally. You, Bob, Earl, Jones, Jenny, you know, Amanda, Samantha, whoever's listening. 5% challenge. Go there to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and help us. Next story. Tennessee Senate passes bill to reinstate SNAP benefits work requirement. What's SNAP? Food stamps. Don't know why. They don't just call it food stamps, but I'm sure they'll change the name. As soon as SNAP gets a negative connotation, they'll change it to something some other acronym. But for now, it's called SNAP. You would know it as food stamps. Tennessee senators passed a bill, 27 to 6, in favor, which would uh, reinstate work requirements for anyone receiving temporary government assistance with only the Democrats voting against. The bill's sponsor, Jack Johnson, would require that all individuals aged 18 to 49 who are able-bodied and without dependents must work at least 20 hours per week or participate in job training or volunteer work in order to receive benefits from the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program. I think this is a great idea. I don't know what happened in America and in Tennessee, where leaning on your neighbors for everything has become a noble virtue. It used to be, I can remember being young and being just, and the way I grew up super poor, I was embarrassed that I got free lunches. And so I worked and paid for my own lunch. And, or I took my lunch, because I did not want to have to take a free lunch. Now, I'm not saying that you should or you shouldn't, but Tennessee taxpayers at the state and federal level, so many of us work so very, very hard to support a lot of people that won't work, especially grown men, grown-ass men who are able-bodied. And I have watched benefits without work corrupt and ruin the lives of many friends, many relatives who live this this life of welfare dependence that becomes generationally addicted, addictive rather. And it ruins not, it ruins families. It ruins them generationally. It, it traps people in poverty. It inoculates them in many cases from success. So I'm all about uh, self-esteem that comes from a doing esteemable things. And we have tried to kill in the Biden administration and to a degree the Trump administration with all these handouts during COVID they have tried to murder and suffocate the American work ethic, and I think it's time we get back to it. I, I think this is a step in the right direction. This requirement was previously in effect, but had been waived during COVID, as many things that, that worked well had. If passed, the bill would simply reinstate the requirement and limit the exemptions that are allowed if the bill passes approval from the General Assembly must be uh, granted to the Department of Human Services before any exemption to the work required or approved. The department would have to submit a yearly report with the number of benefit recipients to the amount of those benefits, the number of the recipients who are subject uh, to the work requirement and the number per, uh, receiving uh, on-the-job training. The companion bill, uh, House Bill 2096, will be voted on the House April 18th. So if you want people to work, I think it's good for you to work. If you're going to receive benefits, you should go work. You should contribute or try to get in there. Next story, and this is a big deal to me. Tennessee's open primaries invite crossover rating. 
in county races. When voters show up for early voting, uh, they will be asked which primary, uh, Republican or Democrat, they, they wish to vote in. A tactic known as crossover rating involves a voter, a Democrat voter, for example, choosing the Republican ballot in order to vote for someone less likely to prevail against the Democratic or independent candidate in an election. While this may sound unethical, it's not illegal in Tennessee because Tennessee has an open primary season. This is something I'm going to work on in the next legislative session. Four years ago, the state executive committee of the Tennessee Republican Party voted overwhelmingly to close primaries by requiring party registration in order to vote in the party's primary election. The resolution was provided to the Tennessee General Assembly, but ultimately no new legislation was made to address the issue. I am not shocked. I am not shocked. Now, here's a bill that I could, I might sort of, kind of, no, I wouldn't. I couldn't be. I couldn't. I couldn't be for this, but it amazes me as we get ready to get into this next story. And I'm going to keep saying this because you know I think okay, well I said this last week, then people must know it. But we have new people tuning in all the time, and and sometimes we need to be reminded more than we need to be educated. We could not pass any bills to curb illegal immigration in the state of Tennessee, despite being in the worst crisis for illegal immigration we've ever had as a nation. Every single Republican that's going to go out there and run in the General Assembly that don't want their faces or pictures shown before the election without penalties, all of them will harumph, harumph about illegal immigration. They will. You watch it. You watch it and see. Kelly says, Illinois has open primaries. I'm hoping Tennessee will switch up. Uh, I'm a newbie, first-time listener says Aline. Okay, well, let me tell you what, what's going on. First time listener. We could not pass any illegal immigration reforms in Tennessee, Aline. Aileen, I don't know. Maybe I'm mispronouncing it. You can type in how that is phonetically said if you'd like to. We had a bill. You watch all these, these buses now going to Washington, D.C. that Governor Abbott is sending from Texas. We had a bill that would have done that. It was killed by rhinos in committee. Bruce Griffey, who's no longer going to be in the General Assembly because he's running for judge. Aileen. Okay, very good. Um, that got killed. Uh, Dennis Powers had a bill that would have simply made it illegal to mass transport illegal aliens into our state. That was killed by rhinos. We had another bill that would stop the taxpayer funding of education for illegal immigrants. At your expense. Somebody comes from another country that's not a tax-paying citizen of Tennessee, and all of a sudden you're on the hook for their 12 years of their whole education. You're on the hook for it. Republicans said that's a great idea. But we do have this piece of illegal immigration reform. This is fantastic. Bipartisan bill opens door for non-U.S. citizens to receive professional license in Tennessee, uh, passes the legislature. Every one of these programs that allows for what should be a loophole in illegal immigration law always gets abused. Always, without exception, end of statement, period. Always get abused. This one's going to get abused too. An amended bipartisan caption bill, caption bills. You want to talk about something unethical and you want to talk about transparency? It is not a good idea to introduce legislation about transparency in a caption bill that can't be seen by the public. 
An amended bipartisan caption bill in the Tennessee legislature seeks to open the door for non-U.S. citizens to be able to receive professional and commercial licenses. House bill sponsor Democratic Representative Bob Freeman read the bill's amendment authorizes an individual to apply for a professional license or a commercial license if such an individual is authorized under federal law to work in the United States is verified by federal systematic uh, alien verification entitlements, SAVE. You gotta love something that has illegal aliens and entitlements in the same acronym. The SAVE program is an online service provided by U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services that allows federal, state, and local benefit granting agencies to verify a benefit applicant's immigration status or naturalized derived citizenship. Representative Jason Zachary asked whether any of the applicants would be applying under uh, DACA uh, authorization. Freeman answered the affirmative, and Zachary replied that since Article 1, Section A of the Constitution is clear about the enumerated power of naturalization and Im immigration, stating that the power lies with Congress, DACA was instituted in the executive branch by President Obama. Therefore, it makes it unconstitutional, which would make them here illegally. I agree with that. The vote was taken on a House floor with 56 votes in favor and 35 against and three present but not voting. We're going to be issuing a rhino list. It's going to be the Tennessee rhino report. It'll be the first one we've done. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through the legislative session and we're going to tell you who the rhinos are, the worst offenders. Christy Hurston says, uh, Kelly Potata, they're uh, ruining our state. Folks better wake up. Tennessee is not red like people think. No. I don't know what the color of uh, corporatism or corporate greed is or the love of money, but green, I would say that the Tennessee Republican Party is not red. I'd say it's green. I'd say they need to change the color because that's what I see. I used to not be this um, down on Republicans uh, until I started reporting on how everything that we put in the Republican platform that we say that we supposedly support, we don't vote for. That's just what I see. I think we say one thing and do another up there. We, we tweet and we take pictures and we post on social media about stuff. But when it comes down to legislation where the rubber meets the road, we're not, we're not a red state. We're a green state. Senate bill sponsor, Republican Shane Reeves, who is not very conservative either. Not very conservative. He's just not said this legislation is in no way a benefit for illegal aliens that are crossing our borders currently and are living in the dark of night in our state. This bill in no way serves as a magnet for illegal aliens that are currently crossing the border to come into our state to obtain these licenses. Bull, you know what? Every time there's a program, every time there's a benefit, whether it's education, whether it's welfare, whether it's um, occupation, those are magnets, Mr. Reeves. And you've just added another one. If they're out there in the dark and not in their state, they can stay at your house, bud. Here, you know what? I will do an open invitation. You give me your address. We, we'll, we'll, I can, we'll go out there and we'll find them where they're busting them into Chattanooga here. They're showing up at the Social Security office by the busload. I have people send me pictures every week. I'll just do a, hand them out a flyer, free food at Shane Reeves' house. You send me the address, I'll send them to you. They can stay at your place. You can carry. You can pay for their educational benefits. You can pay. You can pay for their welfare benefits. You can employ them. The state passed the legislation yesterday with 20 A's and seven nays, with one senator abstaining uh, from the uh, voice vote. Janice Bowling, Rusty Crow, Joey Hensley, Jack Johnson, Mark Pody, Carrie Robertson, Don White voted against the bill. It is what it is, folks. 
this is the only piece of legislation. I think there's some other piece of legislation about transparency and how many aliens they're dumping in our state that the federal government and these other agencies who get their money from the federal government are just going to ignore. But this is what we can pass, giving out more benefits. It's fantastic, really. They should take illegal immigration and anything related to immigration out of the party platform in Tennessee because leadership didn't sponsor a single bill, Sexton, McNally, or Lee, to deal with this crisis in our state because they love illegal immigration. I don't know what the, the proof's in the pudding. Tennessee congressional residency rule becomes law too late to block Ortegas. A bill that would require congressional candidates in Tennessee to live in the state for three years before running and a primary for a federal seat uh, will become law without the signature of Governor Bill Lee. However, the legislation will not achieve the goal of some of Tennessee lawmakers uh, to block the candidacy of one Trump-backed candidate. Lee's spokeswoman said, We feel the voters are best able to determine who should represent them in Congress. The voters should have also been able to determine what they wanted to do during the pandemic. If, if they, are, they got enough sense to pick the candidates they want to elect, they should have enough sense to go to work, church, and everywhere else without government being involved in it. They should be able to uh, decide their medical freedom choices as well. Next time, next time you, you want to pass some kind of executive order, how about you just back up and just say, we feel the voters are best able to determine, and then you just insert whatever it is that the freedom of the Constitution of the state of Tennessee gives us. Maybe you could use that play the next time. Due to the filing deadline for the candidate in District 5 congressional races already having passed before the requirement became law, the new legislation will not apply to those candidates who meet the deadline according to the statement by the spokesperson for Tennessee, Secretary of State, state Trey Hargett. The conclusion of the Tennessee election officials clears U.S. House of Representative candidate Morgan Otegas, backed by former President Donald Trump, to run uh, in the primaries according, uh, but, 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 according to GOP Scott Chairman Scott Golden, who would not even do me the common courtesy to send me back an email about the vouching system, who you never hear the Republican Party never stood up for Tennesseans during the entire pandemic to say, you know what, we got this thing called the Constitution, and maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't hide behind the governor's skirts. Maybe we should stand up on our Republican, conservative, liberty-loving principles and protect some of these people in our state. Why don't we have any illegal immigration reforms? Why don't we have school choice reforms when our kids are failing in our schools and our schools test scores are at all time bottom of the barrel? I cannot figure out for the life of me. Aside from a few county parties that are well organized and actually making a difference, what the purpose of the Tennessee Republican Party is except to prop up the corporate establishment. And this goes back. This goes back to when I worked for Senator Corker and Congressman Desjardins and a bunch of other people that were trying to win races and I needed a little bit of help or guidance or whatever, I call up to the Tennessee Republican Party and boy, I might as well call a funeral home and ask to speak to somebody in the morgue and not the living ones. It, it's all about personality. It's never about principle. That's the whole reason I started the Tennessee Conservative called Balls and Strikes and, and through the lens of what most conservative primary voters care about. Now, we've got some local Republican parties that do a pretty good job in some of these states and counties, rather. They're organized. They're registering voters. 
They're trying to uh, inform their members about votes up in Nashville that are uh, contrary to the Republican platform. But, buddy, we got a lot of Republican uh, county uh, groups. Maybe they got a bad chairman. And, and it's like they just show up and eat and leave. Show up, eat, leave. Show up, eat, leave. Show up, eat, leave. Listen to somebody talk about how conservative they are when they don't vote that way. To me, a conservative party at the county level should hold their elected officials accountable to be conservative. Unity is great if it's unity around principle. Unity is not so good when it's around people because people are sinful and corrupt. Thank God it's Easter Sunday. Thank God somebody died on the cross to cover our sins because this old boy here, he's not clean. And you aren't either. So it just amazes me. I mean, the corruption of men. The older I get, the more I see it in myself and I see it in other places. Sorry, I didn't mean to sneak a sermon in there on you. The conclusion, anyway, back to this story. But, 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 according to Scott Golden, challenges have been filed over the voting records of Ortegas and two other District 5 candidates. Hold on a second. Robbie Starbuck and Baxter Lee, so the fight's not over yet. Golden said those challenges will be settled by party officials no later than April 21st. So let me tell you about the example that I had dealings with the Republican Party about. I wanted to know about the vouching system. There's this very weird vouching system where CEC members can vouch or an elected official can vouch for a candidate, but Scott Golden is the one that says yes or no. And he said that there have been challenges to people's bona fides as a Republican. I don't see why in the world somebody doesn't challenge all these rhinos and Scott Golden look at their voting record. You talk about vote, the only thing they care about is if you voted in a Republican primary. Yet you can go up to Nashville and vote as liberally as a Democrat 50% of the time and you won't hear a peep out of Scott Golden. So it's all about if you went in and punched a button, you know, four elections, three elections in a row. Did you punch a button with an R beside it? Oh, gosh, buddy, you are bona fide. You are great. You represent everything we love in the Republican Party. You can run. But yet you can go up there and vote like a Democrat and you'll never hear a peep out of the Republican Party. Now, what the heck is that about? People, profits over principle. That's what it's about. Next story. Bill prohibiting anti-Semitism in Tennessee schools and university passes unanimously in Tennessee legislature. You know what is funny to me? You always hear the left talking about racism. They love it. It's one of the devil's tools. It's old, old, old. I mean, you know, what is it? Paul had to stand up to Peter about it in the Bible. It's old, man. It's old. Devil ain't lazy, and uh, and people are, have short memories, and so he just does the same old tricks over and over again. And it is amazing to watch the left become anti-Semitic, and and find and and to see the left uh, attack people of Caucasian origin, European origin, because they used to do it to black folks. And they used to do it to Hispanics. And now they just find a new group. Like every decade, couple decades, you know, they'll go from the Klan to CRT or whatever the Democrats do. And it's the same evil incarnate over and over again. And this, I mean, the fact that we even have to do this is amazing. 
A bill prohibiting the teaching of anti-Semitic concepts in Tennessee school passes unanimously in the House and the Senate this week. What is the state of Tennessee's public education system, both secondary and post-secondary, that, that is so terrible and awful you even have to do this? House Bill 2673, sponsored by Representative Jerry Sexton, who gave taxpayer-funded lobbyists the business in a meeting. It did not get publicized. Uh, um, it did not get publicized as much as the other gentleman in the Senate. I'll remember his name here in a moment. Kerry uh, uh, Roberts, I think, uh, gave taxpayer-funded lobbyists the business in the committee meeting. Jerry Sexton did too, but it just wasn't as widely paid. I saw it. I can't remember who I saw it. If somebody has a clip of Jerry Sexton giving taxpayer-funded lobbyists the business, and if you can find that, email it to me. And its companion bill, Senate Bill 2684, sponsored by Senator Paul Rose, requires the governing body of each school district to adopt a written policy concerning the teaching of anti-Semitic rhetoric by teachers and administrative staff and requires that the policy be distributed and made available to each teacher and staff member at the beginning of the school year. An amendment that was adopted by the Senate states that anti-Semitism remains a persistent disturbing problem in elementary and secondary schools and on college campuses. Jewish students are being threatened, harassed, or intimidated in their schools on the basis of their shared uh, ancestry ethnic characteristics, which includes harassing conduct that creates a hostile environment to severe, uh, pervasive, or persistent as to interfere or limit the student's ability to participate or uh, benefit from the services, activities, or opportunities offered by the school. This bill will now go to Governor Lee's uh, desk to be signed into law, uh, vetoed or returned without his signature. That's what we got. We got transparency legislation that is conducted in a very non-transparent way. We've got uh, benefits to go to illegal aliens, DACA recipients, sponsored by rhinos and voted for and supported by rhinos. We have no legislation on illegal immigration that would stop it, just things like that that will invite it. And uh, we've also got some legislation asking, begging, pretty please, pretty please for these uh, for these federally funded nonprofits in the federal government to tell us things that they previously told us to kiss their you-know-what about, as if that's going to have much of an impact. But we can't reform the magnets that are, that are driving them from transportation, education benefit paid for by you. We can't have any – all the E-Verify bills were killed. And, you know, one thing Shane Reeves said, and this is funny, uh, when he was pushing this thing that would uh, give benefits to illegal aliens – he wanted to make sure everybody knew that it was sponsored by the Chamber of Commerce and NFIB. I'm sure it was, because the Chamber of Commerce and NFIB are the biggest opponents of illegal immigration reform in the state of Tennessee because they love cheap labor. And they don't care what it does to the education system for your kids. They don't care what it does to the economy or drive down labor. They don't care what it does to the culture. They don't care what it does to safety. Money. It's all about the money, baby. It's all about the money. If you don't believe it, go go take you a look at the uh, at the uh, PAC money that flows into leadership. Bill Lee, Cameron Sexton, Randy McNally, all these people on these committees, big pharma, big corporations, left-leaning educational PACs. That's what we got. And I'm telling you, it, it is very much just like NASCAR. If you want to know whose team a candidate is on, if you want to know who has bought and paid for them and who directs their steps, 
It's not platform. It's not conscience. It's the money. Look at where the money comes from. 80, 90%, 60% of their money comes from outside the district, special interest. You look at their voting record and it just matches up perfectly like a jigsaw puzzle. That's what we got, ladies and gentlemen. I'm hoping, it is my sincere hope, that uh, I don't think it only takes a few seats. And I don't know that we fielded enough candidates this time around. And I don't know if the candidates that are filled are fielded, uh, except for the exception of a handful, have what it takes to win against some of these incumbents. But I can't help but think if we just get the information out there about the voting records of so many of these rhinoceros, maybe rhinoceri, plural, uh, that we can get some things done. I've gone long here, but I'm going to keep talking because I'm going to tell you what I'm doing this weekend. Hey, post in the comment section. Tell me what you're doing. I'm going to read those now that now that I'm not having to read the news. So what are we going to do tonight? I don't have any idea what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to try to get home early. I am getting my hair cut at 4.30. Left a jacket there. I leave jackets everywhere I go. If I ever come to your house or if you ever see me out in public, just remind me to get my jacket because I always leave them. I leave them every year. I left one at the where I got my hair cut. I'm going back. Hopefully she still got it. Um, get my hair cut. I'm going to go back to the house. Uh, I think we've got a birthday party, like a little kid's birthday party. Uh, a, a, a young man that my uh, my three-year-old has befriended at school is having a birthday party. I think we're going to try to make that. Uh, we're going to get the house picked up and together. It's hard to put your house together when you're moving into another house, and specifically if you've been in a house for 15 years and you got two small children um, and, and, and a wife. It's hard to get that house you know, ready to move into another house. But we're going to try to get it ready and presentable so we can have some folks come over. Um, having a dog uh, has been a new adjustment in the Lewis household. And uh, his name's Rocco. And uh, he leaves uh, amazing presents in our backyard, uh, little brown presents. And I'm worried about the Easter egg hunt. Now, we have been policing the, the little brown presents of Rocco. Uh, but I'm, I'm afraid that, that some of these kids may get more than they uh, bargained for if they start marching around our backyard right now. So we got that going on. Uh, Easter, one of my favorite uh, holidays. Uh, I think the Lord's blessing is just in the air. Always tends to be, not always, but tends to be a nice sunny day. It's, at least that seems to be my memory of it. Uh, watch it rain this Easter, just to prove me wrong, but I don't care. I will hide them in the house. Uh, so we're going to get up and go to church. I try to show up super early because you know what, like, you know, church on Easter Sunday, even even folks that that typically won't go any other time of year show up on Easter and Christmas. And I'm just glad that they're there. Just glad that they're there. Uh, you never know what the Lord will do. Uh, so that's my plan. I'm going to try to get to the gym on sun Saturday if I can get my third workout in. I usually try to do three every week. Um, and that's about it. I think I'm going to have to run some errands. I've got to run some things up to the new house. Maybe go take a look. They had cabinets delivered today and be installing those the next three or four days so lots of lots of cool stuff we went and looked at some ornamental railings uh, i don't like those cheap aluminum railings i painted houses for for many years and uh they just never seem to hold up very well so we're, we're going to spend the money uh and put something up there that's welded together so that's kind of exciting it's all coming together uh just very expensive so guys, if you if you listen to this, many of you that listen to this, for whatever reason, do not subscribe to the email newsletter. I think that's crazy. Go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com, hit the subscribe button. If you listen on social media, watch on social media, do that as well. And uh, share this in all the conservative groups. 
it's one of the best ways uh, that our information gets out to people is when folks like you share it in conservative groups. Hey, here's somebody telling you what actually happened in Tennessee in the legislature last week. Bet you didn't know this. And I'll tell you this as, clo as a closing remark, because I've got an interview to conduct here. I will speak at conservative groups and I will say something like, how many of you know that that we didn't get any illegal immigration reforms passed. How many of you know that this got killed? How many of you knew that this got killed? How many of you knew that your state representative voted to kill this, voted to kill that? How many of you knew? And like, and these are people at conservative patriot groups, Republican groups, conservative groups. And like, usually only like a tenth of the hands go up. I mean, they count on, on us being ill-informed up in Nashville to keep their positions because if people really knew, I mean, really, really knew how bad it was up there, we would have turnover like you don't believe every single election in the primaries, but people just don't know. And often Republicans that run in these primaries are well-meaning, but they're just, they don't have the campaign savvy that it takes from years of running campaigns or being around them. And they can't quite get the message out and they don't quite know how. Uh, but if people just knew the truth, we would have much better leadership uh, at all levels in the Republican Party, but they don't. So if you'll share this in all the conservative groups that you can, uh, it'll really help us get that message out there. Guys, I love you. Happy Easter. He is risen. All this stuff ain't going to matter. I'm going to be worm food in about 40 years anyway, but I'm going to do my best while I'm here. But you know what? In the end, I ain't got to worry about much. All, the worst thing to do is kill me. And if, if that happens, I'll just be with Jesus anyway. So put that in your Easter pot and smoke it. I hope all of y'all have a great weekend. Talk to you next time. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative Big 7 Weekend Update. Later, guys.